Hey y'all, welcome to Outcast, the podcast for casual fans by casual fans because we're all fans here. Today we are going to be learning the basics and today we're going to be talking all about baseball if you couldn't tell but we figured before we talk about baseball in addition to our fan favorites of the week we'll do a little weekly recap and talk about kind of our favorite storylines happening in a wider spectrum of sports so that there's something for everyone and then we'll kind of get into baseball we're going to talk a little bit about some of the new rules that have been updated with the MLB because that's been a huge talking point in baseball this year so yeah we're excited to learn more and take you along with us yeah so we decided to implement this this week the weekly recap this week because we're like um I feel like we should talk about all the happenings because like like we said last episode there's something new happening in sports every week every day so we want to stay as up to date as we can on just about anything we can so sam before we get into the weekly recap what's your fan favorite okay my fan favorite sorry it is gonna be baseball related because (laughs) might be my favorite sport to learn about stay updated on everything so my fan favorite has to do with the world baseball classic that started up this week and games are getting started which is really exciting um But I'm just most excited because some of my favorite Major League players are playing for teams in the World Baseball Classic. Um, Most importantly, we've got three Mariners representing the Dominican Republic. Um, So we have Teoscar Hernandez, who is playing outfield with Julio Rodriguez, King. And then um, Castillo is pitching for them as well. So that's just exciting to see how they do. They're obviously taking time off of spring training to play and represent the Dominican Republic. So, yeah, a lot of um, actual, like, professional sports commentators have been making some claims about the Dominican Republic being probably the strongest um, roster in this, I don't know, lineup across the countries. I think it's, like, them and Japan are, like, Uh, expected to be like the top two so that's exciting oh and um there's like four four i think leagues where the countries are playing and the dominican republic is kind of like in the league that's playing out of miami i'm pretty sure oh interesting wow learn something new every day Mm -hmm. that would be so fun like i mean just playing any sport and then also being called up to the national team or um and then having people on like your club team or your like team team anyways um like being from like that same country and then you guys being able to play internationally together that's so fun oh how cute i'm just i'm excited to see how that goes yeah same what is your fan favorite of the week um well my fan favorite of the week was the wcu women's basketball winning pac-12 championship oh and, yeah you know therefore like first time in the school's history of winning pac-12 championship like that's so exciting beating seed five ucla in the final and wcu is what seed eight incredible yeah. and i think i think um 
being eighth seed is like the lowest um seed lowest ranking of a team to win the pac 12 championship oh wow i think i think i've heard i've heard that i feel like i should have done more research on that but um i didn't so sorry if that's wrong everyone um anyways <laughs> but yeah so that's exciting which also means that they're going to the ncaa women's march madness ah that's so exciting also again like i'm pretty sure for the first time in school history i would assume but right you know what i again did not do my research on that so sorry if that's wrong but anyways so that's so exciting also like side note about that um so like the wcu like women's basketball team they were using like uh feel like woman you know shania twain song um for it or so i didn't know i didn't know that it was like an actual thing like i thought it was just like oh that's fun like man i feel like a woman but but anyways whatever and so like that was fun i was like oh cute because like the men's track and field like sang it like did karaoke i was like oh that's kind of embarrassing but that's so fun it was cute and then they sang it like when they won and then shania twain tweeted about it and then and she's like wow it's so cool like seeing this happen and i'm so honored or happy or whatever like to have been even just a small part of your journey i was like oh my gosh that is so cute oh, queen shania twain love her i love that that is so cool and also another first in program history for the wc women's basketball um it's the first time that any of the head coaches for wc women's, bas women's basketball wow um has been named to be like a national coach of the year by any um like sports news media outlet that just came out um today mm -hmm. which is exciting i love that yeah. and it's women's history month so Shout out to all this fun stuff happening in women's sports um, for teams that are close to home for us. Yay, women. I was just thinking about this as total side note um, at work on uh, Women's International Women's Day. We were watching the clip from The Office from when they did like women's appreciation, but like it all started with Dwight being like women can't wear makeup or heels over this much and we were just like dying watching it um but that's totally unrelated to all of this oh, i love the office yeah we can we could talk about that likewise our other podcast oh, yeah. in case you don't know and want to just hear us talk casually about anything and everything yeah highly recommend likewise especially if you want to hear us talk about something other than sports maybe things we know better than sports and also if you want to know just about our personal lives because that's more of what we do on there um but yeah i'm so excited for our weekly recap especially because i feel like i watched so much sports this week um but not like yeah, a I'm very wide variety but yeah i'm very excited i guess i'll start us off and recap a bit of the ncaa what's going on in there um so obviously we're in the lead up to March Madness. By the time you're listening to this, March Madness is probably starting. Um, but it's just really exciting. We were just talking about Wazoo women's basketball. It's just cool to see kind of what it's looking like, who's going to play each other. We're excited for the selections to happen this upcoming weekend so that we can make our brackets and it'll be 
both of our first time ever making brackets for March Madness, so that's fun. Um, but it's just cool to like see new headlines come out every day with big like wins that are making history. And um, we just saw the like final women's top twenty-five list come out from the AP, and that was cool. Her, East and I were talking about South Carolina being very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's just cool, fun stuff going on with basketball. And then mainly what I've been keeping up with, um, because my boyfriend's super into it, is NCAA wrestling. Um, the championships are starting right in line with March Madness, same timeline, on March 16th for that. And I actually watched the Big Ten Conference Championships for that, and it was really cool to see. And my favorite matchup was between um, freshman Levi Haynes from Penn State and Nebraska's undefeated Peyton Robb, and I felt like it was a big upset. Levi Haynes won in sudden victory in overtime. It was pretty cool, but they're both still wrestling in the national championships. I my brain can't process sometimes the fact that those things go off of like overall <laughs> standing and, and records. So like it doesn't matter if someone took out this undefeated person because they're still going to move on and like wrestle in the national championships in like all of that. I don't know. I just I was looking at the bracket and I was like, you know what? That actually makes sense. So um, basically, Levi Hayes just knocked Peyton Rob out of being number two. And now Peyton Rob is number three and Levi is number two in the seed for their like weight class. Anyways, that is as far as my knowledge goes with wrestling. Um, and then obviously college baseball season has kind of just kicked off and i thought something really cool was that four current collegiate players are playing in the world baseball classic which is just wild and there's a lot of people playing in it who just finished collegiate seasons in like 2021 as well um but four current players have stepped away from their current college season to go play for these countries which is just that's so cool i need to watch more sports because the only ones i know the only one I know about and anything about is soccer. So that is what I will be weekly recapping, at least today and probably all the other days. I don't know. Maybe Sam will join in <laughs> I, later. I don't think I will have any weekly updates about soccer. I will leave that <laughs> all to you. No worries. No worries. So um, it was not my fan favorite, but it was a strong contender that the Seattle Sounders are at the top of the table, which means like they're in first place in their conference, the Western Conference, but also they're just first place overall. So right now, if the season were to end after two weeks, the Sounders would win the Supporters' Shield, which just goes to the team with the best record at the end of the season. So they're just in really good shape, looking really strong. And in the latest MLS Power Rankings, they were number one, by MLS and then by number two by ESPN so again they're looking really good and they're looking much more Seattle-like um we're just not gonna talk about last season because that was so devastating um and then also St. Louis City SC they are MLS's newest club and they are also doing really really well 
also currently 2-0. and And yeah, so they first played in Austin, and then they played um, Charlotte at home to a sold-out crowd, and incredible. They won again, obviously, because they're 2-0. So they're just having a really great season. And what's really cool about St. Louis is that they are female-run and making history in MLS. Like, they have the first female CEO and president of an MLS club. They are the first female majority-owned club. And just overall, lots and lots of women in high positions in St. Louis. So, you know, that's what really we like great. to like, see. Like, majority-owned, uh, majority owners are female. And also, I think most of the founders are women as well. So it's it's really, really cool seeing what they're doing. And I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I like it. I like to see it. Um, so it's really inspiring. And I can't wait to see what impact they have and that has on the rest of MLS. Yeah, that's so exciting. I feel like that must be super motivating as like someone who wants to work in sports or like more specifically soccer for national teams like I feel like that's like cool to see teams where all these women are making big strides and being in really high positions oh yeah for sure for sure well in the world of American football the NFL the XFL um we decided we in this moment (laughs) don't care enough to do any huge recaps not to say we don't care, but we just don't care enough. Um, there was, We're getting there. Right. There's been some things happening with the draft, but honestly, they didn't even seem that exciting. Uh, something yeah. about teams getting comp picks. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I scrolled through it and it seemed kind of boring. And Yeah. And full, yeah. full transparency, we came up with this idea of a weekly recap about 10, 15 minutes before we started recording. So um, this recap is a little bare bones but um next week it'll be better it'll be more researched more thorough Uh right we'll take notes throughout the week on stories we like and not just what is our favorite uh yeah but it's funny because it does almost feel like we're uh doing like like if we worked somewhere and this is like monday meeting like we're sitting in a like meeting room and we're like all giving our weekly brief on like what we were Mm. supposed to like pay attention to (laughs) yeah actually it does so this episode we're going to be really focusing on spring training and but more so on like the new uh major league rules and changes that they've made like the three that have been heavily advertised and now seen for over the past couple weeks um and kind of just talking about like what they are what they've done and just seeing i don't know talking about our feelings our opinions about them because if there's one thing we're gonna do when it comes to sports it's have opinions and they're gonna be really biased and they're gonna be silly and maybe not go along with how sports actually work but yeah, um, and if you couldn't tell already by us talking about Mariners and me talking about the Sounders and also us just saying that we're from the greater Seattle area last episode, um, we're from the greater Seattle area, so we are quite biased towards Seattle teams, except for the Seahawks. Neither of us could care less about the Seahawks, <laughs> which, you know what, might be controversial, but that's okay. 
maybe if they start doing like super insanely good i'll yeah. care or about people that i liked i just nothing anyway that's a story for another time which right. will be never <laughs> i am so excited to talk about spring training and the mlb rules because oh, it just feels so good because baseball is what really started our whole want to have a sports podcast but obviously like we said we love the mariners which means for spring training we love the cactus league um i guess not the whole league because that's who we're playing a bunch but yeah we love the mariners and we want the best for them and we don't want the best for the astros yeah that is also true I feel like I haven't watched any actual, like, games or paid attention to the, like, broadcast or anything, but we've been checking scores and seeing little highlights online. It's kind of hard because the games happen, like, in the middle of the day all the time. So. Yeah. I haven't seen, like, too much, but I've tried my best to keep up. I don't know. There's some fun things that I'm definitely excited about. I've just been really intrigued watching all the like standings and scores yeah so something that's kind of interesting is that the red Sox are undefeated for their spring training games and they are the only team that is undefeated and or close to being undefeated um so that's pretty cool they've won nine games well okay i actually is it is it nine because i think it's nine home technically and then four I thought it was four away games and nine home games, technically. I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> See, neither of us know. But either way, they have not lost. <laughs> yeah, they've played 12 games as of today, Thursday, March 9th. Their latest win was against the Yankees, 11-7. to yeah, and Pretty. then they've tied three times. Um, I In spring training, are you allowed to tie? Maybe. I don't know. I can look it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, similar to um, football where, like, in the NFL, they don't go into overtime in regular season, and then in postseason, they can go overtime. Yeah. So in baseball, it's the same when it comes to spring training because – I think since it doesn't affect their actual league standings mm. in regular season, they don't see a point in continuing to play out a game if it's oh. tied. Because then they would just it'd get really strenuous. You know, we don't need any, you know, 18 innings, 18 innings in the <laughs> spring training. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Okay, interesting. Wow. Yeah. See, I'm already learning stuff. <laughs> I love having very small knowledge because I feel very helpful when i get to explain it to someone <laughs> but it's like you can explain to me right it's something i only know because i asked that question two months ago <laughs> and so now i'm just gonna pretend like i'm an expert on it but i'm really not Perfect. um but yeah someone who's not undefeated are boys the mariners so here's yeah. the thing i remember 
we were kind of in poor spirits a little bit. We were like, yeah, spring training started. And then it was like, oh, but they're losing. Like they have not been, <laughs> they were not winning. And then now we've been seeing them come up a little bit. And I feel like the Mariners are really turning around from where they started and that there are some like really standout players. I've seen so many videos of Kellenic really rocking it, getting homers, being so good, which is so exciting. Um, not that he wasn't good before. He was obviously a very good player, but I feel like I feel like he looks is like more like a standout. New. Yeah, in spring training than he did last season. Granted, we both started paying attention in the postseason. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he was a standout last season, but he right. the most of the things I see are like, oh, Kelnick with another, Kelnick with another, oh, there's Cal Raleigh, Kelnick with another. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Julio, doing great again, still, always. Yeah, as always. Just doing his thing. I love it. Anyways, excited to see what the rest of spring training brings. And we're getting closer and closer to opening day. Yeah, March 30th. I'm not going, but I wish I was. Right. <laughs> I feel like it'd be so fun. And I'm sure there's probably, like, cool, like... I don't know what it's called. Goodies mm. being given out. Oh, there's a really cool giveaway on the 31st. And I really, really, really wish I was going to the, that game. But I'm not. Because I'm busy. But it's fine. I think it's a fanny pack. Um, I say that oh, as if it's like so. Like, <laughs> I said a it's really okay. cool giveaway. <laughs> I went to... um. This last summer, I went to a Mariners game in Texas against the Rangers, and they were giving out these little, like, plush circle things. It had to do with one of the, like, sponsors of the um, new um, field for the Rangers, because they have, like, a brand new giant indoor air-conditioned field or whatever. Um and it was the silliest little plush thing. So I feel like a fanny pack is really exciting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of a new field, new facility, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they just announced that they're going to be building a new stadium. Really? Yeah, I saw it on LinkedIn today. I love LinkedIn. I need to get more involved in sports on LinkedIn. I follow just a lot of like fashion oh, things. I can send you a bunch of things. Okay. It's that time for us to get into the MLB rules. So, like, the first rule that, like, the first of three is, you know, the pitch timer. I, okay, I'll just say what it is first. So, if the bases are empty, pitchers have 15 seconds to, you know, release the ball, to pitch, to throw, you know, whatever term you need, whatever term you use, that's what it is. Um, and then if there's someone on base, it could be first, it could be second, it could be third, they could be fully loaded. Um, it could be any combination of whatever. Pitchers have 20 seconds to release the ball. So that's exciting. I personally am a very big fan of the pitch timer. Me too. I think it's pretty cool. I remember I was reading this article and it was like, don't worry, fans, the timer will be out of view for your broadcast. And it's like... Well, I love that people were instantly worried about if they were going to see the timer on, like, in the way of their, like, TV or something. But I'm, like, picturing 
see, here's the thing. I probably should have looked this up. I don't know if there just wasn't a timer at all before, or if they just had way longer than this, but I I think based on what I've seen that there was not a timer. Yeah, or like, I feel like there wasn't. Right? I feel like there was never a timer. But now this is like, okay, guys, we need a timer. And I'm really excited for this because I have been to and watched plenty of very long baseball games. So anything to make it more exciting, more fast-paced, I will... I'll be there for it. I will be the biggest spokesperson for it. Yes. Strong agree. Um, I mean, it's no... <laughs> game three, 18-inning game in Seattle um, last season, but, you know, can only do so much with a pitch timer. Right. Um, and then, so along with that, the hitter gets one timeout per plate appearance and must be in the batter's box with eight seconds left. Sam, want to elaborate on that? Because I like kind of get it, but not all the way. Yeah. So basically, I could, <laughs> I can always be completely wrong about this. Okay, but I'm going to make these statements as if this is exactly how this works. <laughs> Perfect. So the hitter, the batter, if you will. You know when they like walk away <laughs> from the plate. In yeah. between, like, when they'll hit, like, they just walk away and they just start hanging out and whatever. So, like, that's them, like, taking a timeout. And sometimes I feel like in games we'd watch, they could just take so many. Or, like, they would just walk away for a little bit, chill, um... and then walk back. So now it's, like, they mm -hmm. only get one. Because I feel like before they were able to have more than one, I'm assuming. So now they get yeah. one. And I it's, like, very like, set. Because I, I always thought timeouts would have to be, like... Like, you call for a timeout, right? Like, in other sports yeah. that have timeouts, you'd be like, okay, calling for a timeout. We're going to use the I timeout now. I think they do notify the um, umpire that's, like, behind the catcher. Okay, well, they don't notify everyone else, and that's where it gets confusing, because <laughs> it literally just looks like they're walking away. Right. That is so true. It's very interesting to see, but I think it's kind of like they're just getting more strict on some of these things to make sure that it, like... Because at the end of the day, a timeout would affect the pitch timer. So it's like, oh, and people's arguments against the pitch timer is really around it being very nuanced. And like every pitcher throws completely different. So where are you measuring the release? Are you measuring it from the like way that their elbow straightens? Are you measuring it from when it's out of their hand? Are you measuring it from the step they take or when their leg is all the way up in there? It's like there's so many things. And I don't remember what is like fully settled on it's kind of i think up in the air but i think most are going from something with a step or the elbow i remember something mm. about the elbow so i just feel like that's it but obviously making sure that if the hitter takes a timeout that they get back in the batter's box with eight seconds left to allow then them to they have to get ready because then the pitcher's time will start the second it's like back to pitch time because before mm. without a timer if they could just get back in the box pitcher could take their time do silly little things wait to throw the ball for 10 years while we get a close-up of their face like now it's kind of like okay you need to get in the box so that he can throw you the ball um 
Yeah. That's how I interpreted that one. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. With that, one of my favorite things is that the pitchers with the pitch timer rules, they get two disengagements, which could be either a pickoff attempt or step-offs per batter. And then any violations of that are a bulk. Bulk. That's so funny. That's a, such a silly word. And I was like, I don't really know what that means. But I was like, is that a combination of ball and walk? Or like, I don't know. I still don't really know, but I don't really care. Um, but basically, if you don't know, a pickoff attempt is when they throw the ball at someone like on base to... Well, not at them, but like, <laughs> but like kind of at them. It's when they do like the sassy little thing and they throw the ball to try to get the player who's already on a base out um, to stop mm. them from like moving forward to the next base. Because players will sometimes like people who are really, really fast and are really good at stealing bases will try and obviously steal a base. And so the pitcher will try and like watch like the catcher will kind of signal to them if the um, runner is trying to steal the base and they'll like try and fake them out and make them not realize that they're gonna get them out and then a step off is basically it's similar to the pickoff attempt but it's when they just like step off literally they step off the rubber um and so sometimes it's kind of what they'll do when they like fake doing a pickoff you know and they like look like they're gonna like throw the ball that just like trip the person up they don't actually do it it's kind of like halfway getting there mm. but not interesting Anyways, so it'll just limit that they just get to do it twice per batter because sometimes it just holds them up from throwing the ball to the batter and you're just waiting forever because they're mm. just trying to i don't know do weird stuff yeah that's true i mean honestly uh like for the for the pitch timer rule like i just this one, I'm like, I could not care less about this one. Like, they, to me, they didn't have to limit it because I don't see it super often where they're, like, just going back and forth, like, trying mm -hmm. to, like, pick off or, like, step off or anything, you know? Like, so to me, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> they could have right. just not changed it. But, like, also that they did, woohoo, good for them. I can agree with that because it's very few and far between, I think, where you see them doing that a lot. Um... And honestly, for me, it's pretty entertaining. Like watching on TV, that's my favorite part. I love yeah. watching the pitchers do that. Um, but yeah, and weird stuff about it. There was something about how they can technically have more than two. Like they could have three attempts technically if one was successful. So I still can't remember like my head around that completely is it like if the you know if your first one is successful that it just doesn't count anymore and you can still do two don't know that's mm. something to interesting think about um but yeah overall pitch timer big fans yeah nothing seems that controversial and it's everything's kind of lining up so Basically, with all the rule changes, the MLB gave, like, justifications for the fact that they kind of already tried all these out in the minor leagues last season. And so, in the minor leagues, 
using the pitch timer, they saw a 26% increase in stolen bases, and they also saw the average game time reduced by 25 minutes, which is so cool. And hearing that is just like, I don't know, that's what sold me on the rule was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, shorter game, more stolen bases. That's just plain exciting. Yeah. Um, No, I saw... I saw in an article actually like MLB has been testing out like the like the pitch clock rule in minors like since beginning in 2015. So like this has been oh, in the wow. works for years. Um like it started in double and triple A games and yeah, so like over the years like it has um like shortened games by 25 26 minutes on average. And so like already seeing in spring training that games are also already being like 25 minutes less than average last season or average you know general so it's like wow it's interesting what uh m- making people you know throw the ball in a timely manner game. does <laughs> <laughs> like honestly i feel like it just helps so much because other sports um well i don't know how much that many other sports have this but like eh, yeah no, lots of sports do like football. You have delay of game. You have like all this stuff, like different calls that are violations for teams if they're doing something that, in a way, stalls mm-hmm. the gameplay. And yeah. I feel like <laughs> baseball kind of is known for being a slow sport, and yeah. I feel like a lot of people just wanted to see action, and people wanted to see like true, consistent gameplay, and so it's coming. But that's so cool. I didn't know that they were testing it for that long. You know, neither neither did I until I was like looking up, like, okay, what's it done in spring training? And then I saw, oh, apparently it's been going since twenty fifteen. Cool, that's um, cool. But yeah, and I think it's it's really interesting because like most people who say they don't like baseball say that they don't like baseball because it's one boring and because two games are too long. And I mean, twenty five minutes in the grand scheme of things, if it, it takes a game down from two thirty to two o five or two. 39 to 214 you know like it's not like a huge difference but in terms of i don't know like sitting there watching a game whether it's on tv or in the stadium like it's gonna be a difference and then also just in terms of also like playing it's i feel like it's probably made a big difference um for players because now they Mm -hmm. don't have to play as long throw as long right no i think about that too with um there's like a bunch of stuff about how sometimes you'll hear with certain teams like oh this team has is like the best at stealing bases or like this player has the most stolen bases this season so I almost wonder with like pitchers only getting two disengagements per batter if like that's gonna even help like we're gonna see so many players like probably breaking records for mm-hmm. stolen bases this year oh my gosh, yeah. for teams. Yeah. Which we'll get to That's stolen exciting. bases later. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I've had some really cool stats about that. I'm like, oh, I like that. Um, okay, so the next one that we're going to talk about are the shift restrictions. So basically, <laughs> from Sam's notes, basically putting infielders in their place, LOL. Um, so what this means is that, like, you have the infielders, they play on the infield, like the dirt. That's the, that's the infield. And then the outfielders are not in the dirt. They're 
out more towards the wall. Um, so there have to be two infielders on each side of second base when pitch is released. Um, whereas, and then all four of the infielders have to have both feet within infield when the pitcher is on rubber. Whereas like previously, um, infielders would be kind of more out like in, in midfield. I don't know. I don't know what, you, if that's like right, what people like call midfield, it, yeah. but like in midfield, cause that's where a lot of hits go. And so they're able to just just catch it ah so nice it like just falls right into their hands ah so fun so cool yeah this one I felt really stupid when I was reading about it because like just originally reading what it was I kind of didn't understand it but then I kept reading more and more and trying to understand it better and really yeah it is putting the infielders in their place because it was like you are an infielder so like you got to be on the infield when that ball is getting pitched mm-hmm. and because yeah I'll get more into kind of how it affects the batters because that was what I didn't understand the most um <laughs> because I was like why are they saying that this is going to increase batting averages if it's like putting these people I was like how are these people going to hit the ball better when this is about making mm-hmm. people stand in oh, a certain that's spot true. that's true I did think yeah. that too yeah that was my like instant reaction and I realized oh, you know what, it's because a lot of people wouldn't hit the ball because they have they didn't have, like, good places to hit it to because the infielders would know based on the player, like, if they were right or left-handed, most likely where they, where they were going to hit the ball. And they play these teams all the time. Like, they know, and they play in series, obviously. Like, they know where these players' balls will usually get hit to. And mm-hmm. so they would, like shift and position themselves to all be in like the best place to catch the ball and get them out um and so it kind of was like hey stop doing that get in your place and make it like even on both sides so and they can't um change like mid-game either was the thing like the infielders have to like the like list gets submitted for the games of like which infielders are supposed to be on which side so you can't just be like this is our best infielder and so when a left-handed person goes to bat they're gonna go stand on the other side Mm, and because they're also like the fastest runner and they can run out to the outfield like they could do all this stuff and they're like actually you're not gonna be able to do that so I feel like this might be a little hard to monitor but also not I don't know yeah like it just there's a lot of steps to it and I feel like not that it's taking the fun out of anything but it will be exciting to see more of that and I guess it gave me a better perspective of knowing why some people have such low batting averages and that it might not be that they can't just hit the ball and it I've never thought about them having to look and see where they could Mm -hmm. hit the ball and then yeah. obviously you never know what type of ball is getting thrown at you until it's getting thrown at you. So I was like, wow, there is a lot more to hitting the ball, which I knew there was a lot to it, but I never thought about it based on where people are in the field and where you could hit it to. Yeah, same. Because when I when I heard about it, I was like, um, I was like, increase batting averages, give player opportunities right. to show athleticism. I was like, um, how are they going to show, like, I 
don't understand how this is gonna help batters show their athleticism and then i realized no that's for the um infielders to show their athleticism <laughs> right <laughs> and like get to, the to make them and... run farther yeah, yeah. And, and faster if and they have to i i was like i i just i don't understand this i don't get it but after thinking about it for a little bit and reading more about it i was like oh it'll increase the batting averages because when the draw but when the ball drops like in the middle of the field it's not going to drop into someone's glove it's going to drop onto the field yeah. and then they'll be able to so, like get onto a base yeah like they'll actually have a hit counted for them mm -hmm. yeah so. so that's really interesting i like that my dad not a fan of that <laughs> well <clears throat> but i i like the rule i mean i don't I don't care about it for the justification of gives players the opportunity to show athleticism like they should be showing athleticism anyways because they're literally playing a sport for a living like whatever right maybe unpopular opinion but um I do like that it is going to increase batting averages yeah it'll definitely show athleticism for some of the batters too because I feel like when a batter strikes out like it's not like it's not embarrassing, but sometimes I think people get really mean about it. They're like, just hit the ball. Yeah, and think, it's like they can't. Yeah, I think I think it'll increase confidence too. Yeah. Like, like confidence. That. People might like, have oh, more respect. I actually can like, get a hit. It's just because yeah. <laughs> people were positioned where I was hitting too against before. me. But and then with that confidence, like they can build more skill and then just get better. Wow. Yes. How amazing. You know what I was thinking with this? Uh, I got to quote Donna Kelsey here. Oh, love her. R rooting for offenses. Yeah. I mean, as much as I hate to be that person, like, I just love me a good hit. <laughs> yeah. I do too. Because, like, not to continue to talk about this, but sometimes it's like, wow, are we really only going to score if someone gets a homer? Mm -hmm. Like, Everyone else is just going to strike out and yeah. we'll have like two magical people who will get homers. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want, I want all the batters to suck when they play the Mariners, but <laughs> 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 I just want the rules to not apply to the Mariners unless it's in their favor. Then yeah, but right. <laughs> oh, I had one extra note about shift restrictions. Ooh. First, the outfielders can still shift in the game. So it's only the infield infielders that are limited. And then um, violations of the shift restrictions can be declined by the offensive team because if somebody, say, hits a home run, but then a violation gets called for the defense for their infielders, like, say, some of them are standing in the midfield, then the offensive team can decline the other team getting the violation to keep their play valid so that they get the points from the home run still. Oh yeah. And like that happens a lot in football too, where like the offensive team, like say they scored, but there was a call on the other team. But if they were to like, let the call still be in play, like they could have to reverse play and whatever, lose their points. And so mm. You get to just say, yeah. oh, no, like, let it slide because we played good. That's so funny. Like, that's something that's so foreign to me because, like, soccer, that does not happen at all. Like, when people talk to the referee, 
it, nothing good comes out of it. Like, you just get right. more penalized for it. Like, it's not gonna be like, oh, you're right. Sorry, I made a mistake. Let me, let's just, let's just resume play. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not like, ooh, let so them funny. off so we can keep our points, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. That's, that's so interesting. I forgot about that, but I like it. I like it too. Mm hmm. Um, and then finally, the third rule that was implemented into the majors this year and that we've been seeing in spring, spring training are the bigger bases. So they've increased from 15 by 15 inch square to an 18 by 18 inch square, um, which, you know, reduces the distance that they have to run by so much. So... <laughs> it reduces the distance from home to first and third to home by three whole inches, and it reduces the distance running from first to second and second to third by four and a half inches. In a way, I guess, also plays into an increase in stolen bases, barely, because mm -hmm. it's <clears throat> slightly shorter than it was for them. Um, but... Yeah, it's pretty cool. This is expected to have a positive impact on player safety um, just to, like, reduce the amount of injuries that happen at the base. And I don't know completely how it's impacted. Maybe the bigger size makes them not, like, land bad and have bad falls. Like... I don't really know how the three inch difference completely shifts that, but I still love it. Anything for player safety. Yeah. Um, like in the minors last year, there was a 13% reduction in injury events near the bases. So I'm just going to reiterate what Sam said. Don't know how, um, but you know, it did. So, um, which is really exciting. And as of March 8th, in spring training, stolen bases are already way up. Like, spring training of 2022, there is an average of 1.53 attempts per game at a 73.2% success rate. And so, over all 268 games, there were 300 total stolen bases. Wow. And so far, in spring training of 2023, there's um, 2.3 attempts Per game, an 80.8% success rate, and there's been 316 total stolen bases over 170 games. So that's we're really good. a little over halfway through spring training, but there's already 16 total, like more total stolen bases than there were over all of spring training of 2022. Um, wow. And the previous high for attempts per game was 2.14 in 2012 and the previous high for success rate was 73.2% in 2022 so like you know good for 2022 on being successful and being about every three and four um attempts but now it's about every four and five at 80.8% success so that setting is... records everywhere yeah that is so cool I'm actually kind of surprised that not that it's, like, so low, but, like, I almost would expect, like, even last year for there to have been more attempts per game on average because when you think about, like, spring training, like, it's really, like, the opportunity for teams to, like, get ready for the season and, like, 
practice newer skills and whatnot, get acquainted with their team. And I feel like that's like a good, a good place for people to get really acquainted with like doing that more or like try and see just try out things because I feel like sometimes in like real games it's like ooh, not really worth it to take the risk but obviously spring training that would be a good place for them to like try to do so much I I haven't seen anything I mean I haven't really dug super hard for it but I haven't really seen anything about how um it's impacted injuries um in right base uh, events near bases because they're not necessarily all from stealing bases but i feel like a lot of them might be yeah but it's it's so interesting i know one thing with this the reason that the um running distance is reduced is because they're still put putting the far end of the base like the furthest point of the base in the same exact spot on the field mm -hmm. so that's why you're getting like the running distance reduced because they're not like adjusting where the bases are placed yeah. based on like the center or anything it's based on the furthest edge i mean if it changed it by more than three inches or four and a half inches or whatever like then i could see uh making a case for like changing the diamond and like the length right. and stuff and just like keeping it um what's the word proportional proportionate um and keeping it proportionate and keeping it all the same but it's three inches it's four and a half inches so it's not that big of a deal in no, my exactly. opinion i agree but yeah i'd love to see more and end up learning more about how injuries are getting reduced from it but mm -hmm. it's cool that there was that much of a reduction. But I do want to know if it, like, really does come down to the base size that changed that or not. Yeah. And, like, honestly, this was my favorite thing. Uh, Like, this was my favorite, I guess, rule. Like, it's not, I guess technically it's a rule because it's, like, parts of the like equipment or whatever but like that was my favorite thing because i love stats like mm -hmm. i'm just i'm a stats girl like i will look up stats about anything everything because i just love them and so like rankings mm, my favorite stats mm, amazing so cool and that one had the most stats about it so the other ones i'm like cool great but how does it actually like affect the game don't know because it didn't have stats <laughs> except yeah. for the 25 minutes less per game with the pitch clock but that's beside the point yeah, it's really cool to see that everything is pretty much like side by side with what they were projecting based on the minor leagues and mm -hmm. that we're already seeing that like perfectly on par with spring training and it'll be cool to see that in the regular season and like maybe things get even further, especially because like once you get to playoff time, I feel like that's when you do get a lot of like those really wild exhilarating games and so we might we might see even like a bigger effect than where we're at now yeah let's just hope seattle can shape up a little bit more um yeah i hope they have a better regular season than they did spring training i mean i know spring training is not over yet but true also have to shout out i will go find or yeah, I'll go find. I'll mute myself so that there isn't any TikTok audio, but 
Um, we saw the best TikTok today from a Colorado Rockies player, and it was like this whole edit of just his like, basically just like his shot of him, like his mm-hmm. like media day picture. Um, and it's just like I'm getting a season-ending surgery tomorrow, and it was like with like some EDM music and everything and it was too good so i'll go find who it was no sam sent it to me today and it was hilarious it was lucas gilbreth from the colorado rockies and (laughs) just go look him up go look him up and watch the video because it's so good and i feel bad for him but oh yes of course i oh injuries like the worst season-ending injuries or surgeries. like the season hasn't even started i know yeah so if you haven't watched it please go watch it it is it's so funny i feel so bad for him but mm-hmm. it is so funny season season-ending surgery before the season even starts yeah they i guess they just found someone that they signed to like fill in his spot um in their bullpen so they like found someone who i think used to play for them and just signed them for a year to Mm. fill that spot but yeah he's getting the tommy john surgery which is more formally known as uh ulnar collateral ligament the ucl reconstruction Ugh. so it's used to repair a torn ucl inside the elbow ouchies not fun. I feel like I need to watch videos of him pitching now. Oh, I thought you could say of the surgery. I was like, oh no, no, not. like how he pitched because I, I think it's so interesting to see like pitchers who yeah. get um such bad elbow injuries like to also watch the way that they pitch to like see like how, like how much the way like their arm movement like was probably negatively affecting it. Because some of them have weird-looking elbows when they throw the ball. Glad he's making Same. the best out of a really freaking sucky situation. Exactly. But, yeah, I guess that kind of encompasses all of the rule changes in the MLB and our thoughts on them and how we interpret them. Um, could be very wrong about some of them, but I'm pretty confident that we understand them. Yeah, I'm really nervous um, that like people... I know who like know baseball are gonna be like Issa, this is wrong. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm most nervous about with this podcast is like people actually like, coming to me and be like, this is wrong. I'd be like, okay. Listen, we never claimed to be right. We're just giving basic education based on what we think. Things that I assume to be true. So hopefully you understand the beautiful the great sport of baseball a little bit more today than you did yesterday do i know other rules no no are we gonna learn other rules maybe maybe Uh, it's so exciting i'm excited just to see how it all continues to play out um but other than baseball there are still upcoming sport things as always, that we are very excited about. And honestly, we've kind of already talked a lot about March Madness and how we're doing brackets, but stay tuned and 
listen to our following episodes after this because we will definitely be updating you on our brackets and probably we'll talk a little bit about how the process goes of how we made them because obviously neither of us has any knowledge in creating a good bracket so oh my gosh maybe we could like film ourselves making our brackets so that we can like, uh, like yeah our th- and like think out loud like our thought processes behind all of the rank rank i guess it is ranking kind of in a way in a way yeah like our own personal rankings i agree i was thinking that we should both like vlog ourselves making our brackets and put it either as like instagram tv on our instagram put them on youtube maybe even put them up as bonus little video podcasts or something um but i think it'll be on our instagram most likely and that'll just be cool so another incentive to follow us on instagram yeah (laughs) so that you can see us figure out how to make our brackets um but yeah obviously like we've said we're excited for the women's basketball tournaments because of wcu clinching pac-12 and fun fact this year is the first year that the not the espn (laughs) that espn is airing the women's basketball final game on abc they've previously like they've owned it for a long time but they have previously just streamed it on primetime but they have other things going on there so they announced that they're actually going to air it on abc which is pretty exciting that's been like in talks for some years they've kind of wanted to experiment with that and now they're finally going to and i think they said that they've already committed to it being 2023 and 2024 being on abc and then they'll like see how it does and what viewership is like um but last season's final game was the most viewed women's title game in almost two decades and so they're expecting high high numbers yeah it's so cool yeah i mean like we talked about a little bit last episode it's just that like women's sports are getting more and more attention so I feel like every year there's going to be more viewership. I mean, whether it breaks records or not, it's. I feel like it's going to be, on average, more viewership. So, exciting. Yeah. And, like, sports in general, too. Like, even seeing, like, rates of, like, the Super Bowl and it being, like, one of the most viewed Super Bowls ever, or if not the most. I actually don't know mm-hmm. what the fact was there. But, like, I feel like a lot of sports championships are getting, like highest views they've ever had so yeah it's just expected now it's expected now that everything's gonna be a record breaker yeah i think yeah that's true oh okay well this was honestly surprisingly really good i think a lot of fun to kind of actually like research and like have notes for like i mean we didn't have like the most extensive notes but a lot more extensive than we probably ever have before (laughs) um so really excited to just continue with this and have more notes every week and more weekly recaps more fan favorites just all the things um yeah so make sure to rate and review us so other people who like sports want to like sports or you know what maybe they hate sports don't want to like sports tell them anyways um yeah, rate and review so that other people can find us. Tell your friends, tell your coaches, your teammates, your enemies, um, your rivals. I mean, yeah, tell anyone and everyone. Yeah, tell everyone.
And yeah, can't wait for next week. See you. Bye.